0: Welcome back to The Pulse. My name is Adam Armstrong and I am the head of the Digital Narrative Manipulation Program at the Centre for Analytics and Behavioural Change. This is the third and final episode with our special guest, Kaylin Robertson, a filmmaker from London, England. Welcome back, Kaylin.
1: Thank you for the last time for having me.
0: So in our first episode, we spoke about your movie Farmlands and your changing perspective on that film. And in the second episode... We spoke about your own personal journey moving into the conservative right media space and then moving out of it again. Um, And now you make movies, I guess, for the other side, in inverted commas, for the left. Um, And what I was interested in talking to you about is this kind of tension that I perceive where it it seems like making content that is interesting and compelling is easier if if you're less constrained by truth and if you want to be more evocative. Um, and so, then, coming at it from this kind of trying to be informative, left-leaning, liberal, um, nuanced approach, it just seems like you're at a disadvantage. And I just wanted to chat to you and get your thoughts on those kinds of
1: issues. It's interesting with with, with that. Obviously, with with far right and 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 really, really fringe right, video content it travels far and wide without any need for marketing because there's an existing appetite for easy answers. Very, very simple, easy black and white solutions. Most people are not that intelligent and most people don't have the time to sit and read the reality and the complexities about the world. When you have terrorism, when you have, corruption when you have events unfolding in real time people who just want to put food on the table people who are busy don't have the time to sit and understand um and understand the complexities of it and understand what it really means and how there's actually lots of different lots of different um angles and lots of different um lots of different arms to to the reality of what's going on and there is like with 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 the terrorism that happened in europe and with with uh, with with the attacks that, that, that happened, it wasn't as easy as saying, well, that's because Muslims hate the West and it says it here in a book and look, it's black and white and that's it. It's because of a huge amount of different factors that have been growing for centuries. It's to do with imperialism. It's to do with the West's impact in, in, in the East. It's to do with... Um, the influence of Wahhabi Islam being funded by the uh, very, very far-right Saudi Arabian government in parts of Europe, radicalising certain groups because of disenfranchisement. No one wants to hear that. It's the truth, but a lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't have the time, they don't have the intelligence, they want to be able to point fingers and, and do it in black and white. So that's why the far-right stuff works so well. It worked well on me and it worked well for the stuff that I made. But the solution to that isn't just to sit and do what the media do now, which is avoid a lot of these topics, which is to not meet the public where they're at. So many people in this country and so many people in the US are completely at odds with the people that are producing media content. So obviously, um, I'm just trying to think of an example. So there's a lot of people arriving in Britain right now uh, from from France in, in rubber dinghies as refugees. 70 plus percent of people have been polled in this country saying that they disagree with that, they don't want them coming to the UK. However, when the media have done reports talking about it very, very recently, they've done it as if that would be an incredibly fringe standpoint. Anyone who's criticizing it is a bigot. It's horrific that anyone would say anything bad about them. They're just refugees and they just need somewhere to settle. And that's the end of the conversation. And that's not particularly helpful, even though that's true. We shouldn't be demonizing asylum seekers. We shouldn't be demonizing refugees. We should be having a real conversation about why they're coming here, what we could genuinely do to support those people. But the people who are on the receiving end of the news reports, they're not being met where they're at. And I think our media is refusing to, and US media and probably global media, meet the public at where they're already at with their questions about these issues and their views about these issues. They're brushed over. The way that the media demonized a huge number of people in middle America and the South for thinking about voting for Trump or Republicans as racist or backwards was incredibly unhelpful and actually radicalized people to the right. And so the solution isn't just to go on the left and create content on the left that panders to people on the left. It's to create a media ecosystem and to create media channels that are multifaceted and complex and meet people where they are. To tell those people, we understand why you have those concerns. We understand that it's okay to have those concerns, but we're going to guide you and we're going to take you through the process and show you why maybe some of them have been misguided. Why maybe the people that have told you these things, that have led you to these assumptions, were funded by billionaire right-wingers in America who have profited by giving you these opinions. And actually, it's more complex and we can give you the solutions. And we'll do it with production value and we'll do it... in a a sensitive way. And it's about being part of a a media environment that isn't pandering to one side. It's why what I'm doing now is I I feel a genuine solution to this. It's not just running after the other side, it's addressing the concerns that I had in 2016 from a way that people can understand without alienating entire sections of the population. And that's, I think that's the solution to all of this. If you're gonna create a landscape and you're gonna create content that, that you wanna be successful, that you wanna grow and that you wanna have engagement, you need to meet people where they're at and need to meet people, even if you disagree with what where they're at, even if you disagree with it entirely, you can guide them away from it, but you need to understand that and not shy away from it. Um, and I think that's probably the solution to a huge amount of it so if you were to do Farmlands 2.0 it wouldn't be to do it from the perspective of there's a bunch of racists on the right and they're trying to use this and farm murders don't exist and I have genuinely seen content like that of people producing things like that and denying that the farm murders are a problem at all and saying that the people who are talking about it are all racists and blah 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 blah, 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 and that's not helpful and that's not going to lead to any kind of change or any kind of engagement what is going to lead to engagement is to acknowledge that a huge number of people are very, very concerned about it, it needs to be investigated, and actually, there are terribly tragic stories that exist, like Janine, like the people in farmlands, and to acknowledge that. Then the next step, once you have people's attention, once you have met them where they're at, to then guide them on a journey that says, in fact right-wingers have come, charlatans have come, they profited off of this, they've made money from you, and those people aren't helpful, and they perpetuated racist ideas that existed for centuries. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the stats, look at the numbers, we're going to find that actually it's on the, it's decreasing. And it doesn't take away from their plight, and it doesn't take away from the terrible stuff that are happening, but it's a journey that we can take you down. And I feel like that would be incredibly effective, It would be incredibly good for society. And... Um, and it wouldn't pander to one side. It would pander to, except for the side of truth. I think that's what the solution is.
0: Do you think, so the, the the challenge that I have, my background is is kind of social science research. And so if people ask me about crime or prisons or policing or refugees or any of these complex issues, I always go, well, it's complicated, you know, and then there's like a 15 minute backstory about like the sociology of Poverty and education and economy and all of these very complex, quite boring issues. And most people zone out. Do you think there is a way that, that you can make this content compelling yet also accurate?
1: Of course. One of the things that was very successful about Farmlands, one of the things that led to Farmlands having such a high view count and such a high number of engagement wasn't solely that it pushed racist... Conspiracy theories. It was also because it was highly emotive and it conveyed the stuff that Janine had gone through and the subject had gone through in a very deeply personal way. Everyone on this world has been affected by something that has happened to them. Everyone's been through some sort of trauma and to and to meet them and 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 to and to create something that people can engage with, that they can connect with like that. That 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 also shows the reality of what these people are going through is enough to get people's attention. I think if you were to make future content about this, I don't actually think there's anything wrong with using some of the techniques I used in the past, using emotion, using fun, cool production value, using very, very out there kind of drama scenes and cool music to get people's attention. It's just about doing that without getting their attention. And then making them far right. It's about doing that to make them get their attention. And then actually tell them the truth and say, here's what's really going on. And not shying away from that. There's this very annoying climate right now with alternative media channels where they say, Oh, we don't want to look like too flashy, you know, we just wanna be humble, you know, we hate capitalists, you know, we just wanna be, you know, we just wanna be someone with a camera, because that's really noble and a, you know, and a selfie stick and, and, and that's fine. It's like embrace the understanding that people as human beings are drawn to action, to emotion, to comedy, to production value, to flames. They're drawn to that stuff, use it. And then take them down the right path because the right's using it and they're taking them down the wrong path. So why not do the same thing and and teach them the truth? I think people are just shying away from it. There's also a problem with the huge number of online alternative news organizations who make a lot of money. They don't know how to use it. They pay themselves bloated, uh, bloated salaries. It exists in this country with alternative left-wing media. They pay themselves bloated salaries and then they pay a couple of videographers and they think that's enough. You really have to fight to convince people about the truth or convince people w- of whatever side you're on. You have to use the best of the best techniques and you have to uh, you have to grab their attention. The internet is an incredibly competitive marketplace at the moment. There's billions of different things and different ads and everyone's overwhelmed and you have to compete with that. It's not enough to sit and talk about it. It's not enough to sit and do a circle jerk with someone else on the left and say, yeah, I agree with you. Oh yeah, you know, capitalism's really bad. Oh yeah, everyone that talks about the farmers is racist. You have to go on the ground, you have to invest and you have to, you have to strive to to, to 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 compete with that. And that's fundamentally the only way that you're going to create any kind of climate or ecosystem that's going to be successful. Or not even fully, fully successful, but sufficient to combat the stuff that you see on the far right. Because they're doing it. Why shouldn't we?
0: It's, it's one of the things that I... I know i've been guilty of in the past where where i've come up against this farm murders narrative and the and the white genocide narrative and i've gone oh these people are racist and in the course of this year doing the work i realized that most people are actually who are pushing that narrative most are actually just scared of being murdered um and so if you're if your fear if you have mortal fear and then someone says oh you're a racist like that's a a deeply unhelpful response um and it it sounds like what you 're talking about is kind of you, you use the term meeting them where they are and then taking them on the journey
1: so it 's about acknowledging that people have these views it 's about being involved in the media and not existing in in a, in a lifestyle that is totally out of touch with the working class, with people who live in the provinces of your country, living and understanding what people think and how you can change how people think. And not just outright denying that there is... A huge number of people who are racist and who and who have misinformed opinions, and it's about not writing them off as um, bad people. Michael Moore talks about this a lot as just bad people, as indefensible, as the basket of deplorables, as you know, Hillary Clinton and people like that said. And 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 when I'm what I'm talking about in terms of actually tangibly implementing that and not just bashing left wing, you know, media people, it's about um, it's just about straight up acknowledging it. It's about saying. Online, recently, videos like Farmlands, engagement on content that pushes right-wing ideology is on the rise massively. There's a huge number of people perpetuating these ideas, believing these ideas, talking about these ideas. It's about finding people in communities who believe these things and interviewing them. So many people are afraid of doing this because they say, oh my God, you can't give a platform to these people. You can't do, you have to pretend they don't exist. They don't fit my worldview. I don't want to upset my editor, they don't exist. It's about interviewing them, but not letting them have a free ride and saying, well, how did you arrive at these conclusions? It's about then investigating how they arrived at the conclusions and finding out where they were radicalized, where they got their opinions from. Was it the Murdoch media, which is a for-profit billionaire funded uh, charlatan organization filled with people who don't actually believe in any of it, who are the, the, the same side of the political coin. Or is it about um, the far right? Did the far right lead 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 to these ideas, and then and then investigating what the motivations uh, behind um, behind those people are, and then and then going down a journey of of um, of of truth and of what the real reality is outside of outside of um, outside of the fringe. I think it's just about giving those people showing that you understand. That those people exist and showing that you're acknowledging their concerns, nodding and then saying, but this is the reality. And so many people are afraid to do that now. Like I was, um, like, like with, with, um, with Louis Theroux as well. I mean, he's been such a, such a successful filmmaker, I think, because he tackled so many of his Um, subjects head on. He went to the Westboro Baptist Church and he sat down with them and he was like, what do you believe? And they told him what he believed. And he gave, he showed how it was basically a cult and he looked at the source of where these ideas came from. Historically where these ideas come from, he went to see the Nazis in America and understood that it was actually because they were quite lonely and he addressed these issues. That's an incredibly rare thing to do. Nobody does that anymore because they're terrified about giving them platforms or they're terrified about even personally, I think has a lot of those. These sort of left wing journalists, they're terrified about personally um, believing that that massive swabs of the country that they live in believe in that stuff and and believe in things that are so different to them. And I think it's just about taking that approach. And also, you'll find that you don't just get a lot more views if you acknowledge and address that, but you'll also get a lot more engagement, and you'll be able to change genuinely change people's minds who would never have been receptive to those ideas in the beginning because you've you've acknowledged that they've existed you know
0: it's such a complicated space to operate in Um, and when we ended off our last conversation our conversation last week sorry um, you said you were feeling quite kind of pessimistic about the future of this space and this kind of I guess, attention economy that we're competing for, and we're competing for YouTube views, and we're, I guess, on this side, trying to stop people from buying into these radicalized right wing views. Um, but you were, you, and you said it to me more than once that you're feeling quite pessimistic about what the future looks like in terms of that. Can you explain a little bit of that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, nothing has changed in the media landscape in terms of them addressing any of the issues that led to me ending up having to go online uh to 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 find answers when you had the orlando shooting when you had um very 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 similar attacks happening there wasn't really any real conversation happening in legitimate media that was talking about why these things are happening that were that were addressing any of the questions that people had sat at home in the evening after they'd seen the explosions on tv people will have those questions and those questions will fester in their mind until they can find answers to them, whether that's by going to a party for Christmas and having your nan shout across the table and answer, or whether it's about going online and, and and finding it in some fringe website, that that will always exist. And as long as, as for, for as long. I mean, it's 2020 now. Nothing has really changed for as long as that. Um, that climate exists and that refusal to, to discuss these things exists, uh, more and more and more people will, will be, will be radicalised and will be more receptive to creative, uh, crazy conspiracy theories. If you look at um, QAnon now, recently, and I think recently up until about a month ago, over 55% of Republicans in a mainstream poll were found to be totally receptive to QAnon, which believes that the, um, the mainstream uh, Democrats Are all run in a paedophile ring. I mean, that is an an incredibly, an incredibly fringe, incredibly uh, crazy idea. And only a few years ago, that would have been maybe like twenty percent. It would have been far, far, far lower because people got all of their information from gatekeeping media companies. And as much as they are part of this problem, at least they don't openly talk about cue and on air and so as trust in the media declines as trust in the government declines that's because of inept governments and far right governments and also because of inept you know media and the production value of the far right media people are are going in droves to these fringe far right groups online and they're not leaving in droves they're, they're just not. There just isn't a culture of people that have left the right online. There isn't YouTube channels with hundreds of thousands of views of formers who, who say that we tried this and we tried that and it's not the right solution. And so it's just really worrying. It looks like a one way street. And it makes me very, very, very pessimistic. And, and no one is really willing to talk about it. I haven't really seen, I mean, Byline TV is obviously going to be the one that does it, but I haven't really seen any legitimate uh, online alternative. Um, so uh, uh proper alternatives to this except for maybe the young turks but then again that's all behind a desk anyone who's really doing the same stuff that the right is doing to try and convince the public to their side and it's it's just worrying i mean i think i think um i think unless there's a as a proper cultural cool solution um these fringe groups are just going to grow forever. I mean, the flat earth community is booming. That's not dangerous and that's not violent. So obviously it's not to be concerned about in the same way as QAnon or, or about these other groups, but it's still growing and it's still fringe and it's still involved in the same kind of conspiracy theory stuff. And it still becomes about because of a lack of trust in the mainstream media. And there's no boldness and there's no daringness of any of these alternative groups to, to, um, to fight it or to, um, or to put out content to match the right I just think it's yeah it's worrying there isn't the same momentum on the left that there is on the right there isn't the same energy and money and and grassroots anything I mean here you have like two of them I think it's Novara Media and another one and they just sit behind a desk and talk about it all day and it's like The ideas that you're talking about of actually creating a Farmlands 2.0 and getting some money and going out on the road and hitting the road hard and finding out what's going on and speaking to people and going through with it and putting in production value. That's the kind of momentum that's needed to combat it. But I don't see it coming from anywhere else. I just don't see it. And I I look for it. But until that exists, then, yeah, there's going to be nothing
0: it's it's one of the things i've i've struggled with a lot in terms of working a lot with journalists and and seeing how like trump will you know say that his plane landed at 12 o'clock for example and his plane landed at two o'clock and then and they get really upset and i feel like it's it's like that's not the point you know the point is is about so many midwest americans are feeling like this man speaks for them and what is it that he's offering them what is the kind of the emotional or the identity need that he's meeting that CNN isn't meeting for them. Um, and, and often I, I feel like on the left, we're, we're just kind of, we're missing it. We're focusing on the wrong thing.
1: It's because Trump isn't, I, I think the reason that Trump won and the reason that people love Trump isn't because of who Trump is, isn't because of what Trump says, it's because of what Trump isn't. These people have felt totally and legitimately Completely on their side with this, left behind by a hyper uh, aggressive Wall Street run capitalist hyper. Um, um, self-serving elite in America, uh, governed by, as I said, Wall Street, and the Democrats and the Republicans are the same, are the, are the exact same side of the same coin. Gavin Newsroom last week broke COVID rules to go for a three Michelin star restaurant with five Republican lo- lobbyists who are one of them from the NRA. It's all part of the same thing, and he's meant to be one of the most bastions of, 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 the, of the left and of the Democrats in America right now. You know, the one who's the most anti-Trump, and it's, it's exactly the same thing. And these people have turned America into this absolute hellhole where people who are working class, where people who are at the bottom, who are working at Walmart, feel like they have absolutely no representation, they have no healthcare, they have no one that speaks up for them, no one that cares about them. Look at Flint, look at Michael Moore covered in that, who destroyed the water supply, who gave contracts to companies that had absolutely no no legitimacy and who were just born out of money. In this country, it's the same thing. We have contract scandals every single day, billions and billions of pounds of PPE scandals, and working class people have been totally left behind by it, and that's where Trump comes along because Trump speaks with a language that is different to the people that have let me down, and he also is hated by the people that I hate, who have let me down, who have left me without healthcare. And so I'm gonna vote for him, not because of what he said, but because he's not them. And so to pass those people off as just racist, they voted for him because they're white supremacists and they hate black people, is lazy and ridiculous and will lead to the re-election of Trump type person. And that's why there needs to be an alternative to the media that has just the same energy, that says we understand why you have those beliefs, that says we understand why you despise the Democrat party and everyone with a suit who comes to your neighborhood And they would listen to them even if they were on the left and there's an appetite for it and it just hasn't been tapped into with the same grassroots momentum that the right have tapped into and as soon as there is things will shift and then I might be less pessimistic
0: why do you think that that hasn't been tapped into that kind of that energy and that passion and 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 those those real concerns Um, and it's one of the things I've become aware that, that I've been guilty of, of this kind of disdain for conservatism and this disdain for, for if you're not right on the edge of wokeness, then it's bad.
1: Um, because the left have intrinsically always been on the side of politeness. The left have always intrinsically also been on the side of, of not being flashy and not being fighty and scrappy. That's always been to, you know, the football hooligans on the right, especially in this country, but it's the same in America. When we go low, we go high. That mentality has existed on the left far more than on the right. So the, the right are willing to get their hands dirty and they're the ones that are willing to fight. They're the ones that are willing to do whatever means necessary to win. And, um, and as our culture devolves, as our culture becomes more and more online-based because of COVID, because of all these things, unfortunately, the only way that you're going to stand out and the only way that you're going to grab people's attention when they're being completely saturated with advertising, with marketing, and with a huge amount of content, they don't know what to believe anymore, is to be as as scrappy and as out there as you possibly can and to be as high energy as you possibly can and to really be willing to fight on the same... Dirty level that Trump has fought on. There is a reason that the Lincoln Project is more successful at countering Trump's narrative than the Democrat Party when they're because they're Republicans, because they're still on the right. Why are right-wing groups more successful at tackling the right than left-wing groups? Because of the politeness issue. And and, and I think that's why it's, that's, that's why that exists. And I think that's why it's quite exciting seeing people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the, and the squad and all of these new groups because they understand that that is what is needed to, to win, to change the hearts and minds of people, and to defeat the people who are the charlatans at the top of the far right and at the top of the establishment right in, 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 in uh, in the West. And um, there just needs to be a media version of that. And then we shall uh, have some hope. But yeah, that's it. It's about politeness. And it's about saying, no, 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 we shan't. You no, know, it's not. It's not good. And also, we're not going to spend loads of money making a movie because it's flashy. And that would make us look like we have lots of money. And we have to not be seen as capitalist. We have to be seen as like poor. And I just think, like everything's going to be destroyed. Like you have to, you, either you fight now or you lose everything. And it's just so frustrating to see. And I know that's silly me saying it, someone that contributed to the, understand, to the other side, but also I'm someone that understands the other side and understand how they rose and how they won and what the left needs to do to do the same thing.
0: What is it that you think they did that helped them win so effectively?
1: It was momentum. It was energy. It's why you had that rise of sort of pepe and humour and that edginess. It was the underdog. It had that grassroots feel. It was also, as I said about Trump, it was the exact same thing. It was not that. It was not the establishment. It was not the, the group of elites that everybody hates that don't represent us. It was the group of grassroots people who said, we understand your problems about uh, immigration, about terrorism, about the things that you see on the news that scare you. And we're going to offer you easy, quick solutions that they don't even believe. Um, and we're going to do it in a way with production value. And we're going to we're going to win. And, and then they, they, they took people on that ride and people enjoyed being on that ride. And they and they scrapped with the Democrats and they scrapped with the online left in ways that the left were never used to. They threw insults and lies in the ways that they were used to. And the left didn't know how to fight back. And they bombarded and busted their way into the industry. And it's what led to the election of these people. It's probably what led to, 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 to Trump's election. And so it was about that willingness to throw the rule book out of the window and to prey on the legitimate fears of... Um, that that existed because of the the climate of terrorism, et cetera, to to win. And it's it's just about the left turning around and saying, yeah, the terrorism that you see on TV, the things that you see that are happening, the 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 scary footage that you see, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to understand that and and, and to feel these things. But these guys over here, the things that they're offering you, it's a cult and it's a lie and it's a product and it's and it's the wrong answers and it's going to lead to dehumanisation and it's going to lead to them making a buck and, it's, and they're, they're preying on your fears just as much as the elites that you hated from Wall Street. So I think it's just about having someone that's, having a group that's willing to sort of acknowledge that and, and say that with a passion and with the same momentum that the online right had in 2016 and I think that's how they did it.
0: You mentioned earlier that you're working on making movies now is that kind of what what you're up to these days
1: yeah so i'm um, i'm making feature length uh, uh, documentaries at the moment um because that's just always been my passion i love i love marketing i love filmmaking about a huge range of issues mainly about the corruption that boris johnson's government has at the moment with ppe spending with um with lgbt uh rights being declined being uh, eroded in europe because of the uh conservative polish government uh and and about you know racism empire identity uh but through the through the lens of um of genuine understanding and truth through the lens of um of meeting people where they're at and i feel like it's a genuinely positive thing i get messages all the time from people that say i've seen that you've left and it's so inspiring and i i've like i've heard it straight from the horse's mouth that this stuff was crap and i and i'm like listening to you and i'm I'm so happy that i'm like out of it i'm annoyed that my donation money was spent on this and like i'm subscribed to your new you know the new project that you're doing and there's a huge there's a huge number of people who who i think feel like their concerns are being listened to even though they well, they're not a huge number, a small number of people who feel like their concerns are now being, like, addressed and listened to in a serious way that isn't through, like, the mainstream media and isn't through a, a nefarious media. And I feel like it's really got the potential to do some real good and reverse the damage that I have done. And it means that I'll be able to not just sleep at night, but know that the terrible stuff that I did can actually be turned into something good. And I believe that everything happens for a reason in life. And I believe that, like yes, that stuff was bad, yes, if I could turn back the clock, I wouldn't have ever have answered Ezra's email, I would never have joined, I would never have put a single foot in the right. But if I can turn all of the understanding and all of the stuff that I learned in that time into genuinely creating a media ecosystem and an, an a media platform that leads to change, that leads to, to genuine answers, then maybe yeah, maybe. maybe that. I, I was trying to think of a, of a great final sentence to that, but I'm not that philosophical. So maybe it'll be a good thing.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a, a, maybe a, a more honest ending. It feels more like an ellipsis is, is the ending, you know, just kind of three dots and, and, and we see how it plays out. If you could make a project tomorrow or if you could convey a message to the civilians in the world, what would you want to do?
1: I would want to do exactly what I'm doing now. I feel like what I'm doing now with George is exactly what needs to be created. I feel like a grassroots online media organization that meets people where they're at, that addresses their concerns in a way that uh, leads them to truth and understanding, reverses the stuff that I've done in the past, um, that can grow, that can be replicated around the world, I mean, I'm always thinking big, that I can always be replicated around the world. That can be something that will expose the people who have benefited and profited in both the establishment right media and also the online far right and make the world a better place. Then that's what I want to be part of. And I genuinely believe that's what I'm doing now. And I couldn't be in a better position. And know I'm not making loads of money. I'm not living a high life or anything like that. But I feel like I'm genuinely creating a better world and um I'm reversing a lot of the stuff that I did and and so I, uh, there's nowhere else I would rather be right now and if I wasn't doing this job and you asked me this question I would describe the job I'm doing now
0: <laughs> That's amazing. It's 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 not quite the the narrative arc I expected and I imagine it's not the narrative arc you expected when in 2016 you were drawn into the riot.
1: No, and if you took someone who had never been on the right, who doesn't understand the right, and you plucked them from normal society and you pop them into try and create a an alternative media platform. They're not going to do it very well. They're just going to sort of try and pander to what their friends say in the, you know, in the in the kitchen and uh, you know, in the in the co-working area and they're just going to sort of pump out the stuff that they vaguely think is right. I think it's very rare that actually, in fact maybe it's never happened in, in that you'd actually have someone plucked out of the very Core center of that media cycle of of this sort of far right online and put them into into a new into a new grassroots startup like this and sort of have someone that understands exactly how they operate and to be able to understand then thus how to combat it. I think it's very rare and it's quite a good position to be in because I talk to people on the left all the time in media. And they don't understand half the stuff I'm saying to them. They don't understand half the stuff about the momentum or the tactics or the SEO or the thumbnails or the, or the, or the emotion. They don't really understand any of it. And I was like, well, it puts me in quite a privileged position to, to be someone who is actually able to combat that. Um, and so I'm quite grateful in some ways that for some reason, everything has kind of led to this point. I feel like it's going to have a, a very, very good conclusion.
0: It gives me hope that you're making this kind of media content now. Kalen Robertson, it has been amazing chatting to you. Please tell us where we can watch the new videos that you're making and where your socials are if people want to follow you.
1: So everything will just come from my Twitter, which is at Kalen Rob. And I'll be sharing everything onto there, all the different platforms that I'm working with right now. Follow that, all updates there.
0: At Kalen C A O. L-A-N-R-O-B on Twitter.
1: Congratulations for being the first person on earth for spelling my name right.
0: (laughs) I've been practicing all week. Kaelin Robertson, a filmmaker from London who went on a journey into the right wing and back out again and is now making media content that makes me feel a little bit more hopeful about the world. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast.